Well, the first reading for the Confession of St. Peter Day is from Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 13. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we're being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from 2 Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be, it all the more be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right as long as I'm in this body, to stir you up by the way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort, so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Mark, the 8th chapter, and this will also serve as the basis for the message this morning. Glory be to thee, O Lord. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the village of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And 
Jesus strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And he called to him. And he called to him the crowd with his disciples, and he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As I mentioned at the beginning, today we are observing the confession of St. Peter. And so I redirect our attention to the gospel reading that I read only moments ago, and I wanted to highlight these verses. Jesus said to his disciples, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has revealed this, has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is our text. Well, during the season of Christmas, we meditate upon the miracle of the incarnation, that God becomes a man. We focus on words like the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We point to the manger and we proclaim, there is our God. And we sing hymns like, joy to the world, the Lord has come. But now during the season of Epiphany, the focus shifts from God being man to man being God. The man Jesus who was born of the Virgin Mary, is the Lord. This is the confession of St. Peter when he says of Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus is Lord. That is the shortest creedal statement that you find in the New Testament. In the Apostles' Creed, we confess, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. St. Peter doesn't come up with this confession from the imaginations of his own heart. No, when his brother Andrew comes to Peter and says, we have found the Messiah, the Holy Spirit embarks Peter on a spiritual quest of discovering who Jesus is. And as Peter spends time with Jesus on that spiritual quest, he sees Jesus do all kinds of miracles, and he listens to Jesus' teachings and the Holy Spirit opens up St. Peter's eyes to see that Jesus is a rabbi, a teacher. But he's more than a rabbi. He sees that Jesus is a prophet, but he's more than a prophet. Jesus, or Peter sees that Jesus is a miracle worker, but he's more than a miracle worker. Peter sees that Jesus is the Messiah, but not just the Messiah. Peter comes to the conclusion 
that Jesus is the son of the living God. Piece after piece of the puzzle is assembled in the mind of St. Peter by the Holy Spirit. And when asked by Jesus, who do you say that I am? Peter confesses, you are the Christ. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus responds to Peter saying, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. St. Peter speaks not just for himself, but he speaks for all of the disciples who are there with him. Because Jesus actually addresses all of them when he asks, who do you, plural, say that I am? And just as Peter speaks for all of the other disciples in his reply, so he also gives the whole Christian church the words that we need to confess. Martin Luther writes, Let everyone rejoice who can utter the words Peter says out of the same faith. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Out of a faith, I say, that is sincere and honest. And let such a person know that he possesses the revelation of the Father from heaven and that he is truly a Christian, blessed and saved from sin, death, and hell. What more do you want? It is as if Jesus were saying, Really, Peter? You are speaking great and wondrous things. What an extraordinarily wise man you seem to me. Where did you get this wisdom and knowledge of hidden and heavenly thing? Surely my father, and not any human being besides, has revealed this to you. You see, to confess that Jesus Christ is the Christ, the Son of the living God, to confess that Jesus as Lord is the church's perpetual Confession. St. Peter's confession is the rock on which Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It is a confession that the Holy Spirit works in each and every one of us through his word. As St. Paul says, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. And it's this confession that brings the promise of salvation to us. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. And it's this confession that will be on our lips, really on the lips of all people when Christ returns in glory. For St. Paul says that at the name of Jesus, of that, he says of that last day, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Peter's confession is true. Peter had witnessed Jesus' power over demons, whom Jesus cast out with a simple word. Peter had watched Jesus restore the deaf and the dumb and bring sight to the blind. He had witnessed the leper's diseased skin made soft as a baby's bottom. He had beheld a cripple casting his cane or his crutches aside for, for that cripple could walk. He had witnessed Jesus turning water into fine wine and multiplying a few fish and loaves so that he was able to feed more than 5,000 people in the wilderness. And he later repeated the miracle when he fed 4,000 people. Peter had seen Jesus walk on water and calm a violent storm. Peter had listened to Jesus explain the Old Testament prophecies and, and he had listened to Peter or Jesus unpack Scriptural truths using simple parables and similes and metaphors. 
so Peter's confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, is no intuitive guess. Peter has not been duped by a charlatan. He has not been blinded by his love for Jesus or swayed by friendship or loyalty. No, Peter had seen the deeds and heard the words and has testified to us that these things are true. Our faith is not grounded in myths, things that are somehow spiritually true but never really happened. No, the things that Peter witnessed and that Peter speaks of really did happen. Peter had seen and heard these things. And he can write to us, we have the prophetic word made more sure. And reflecting on what he had experienced on the Mount of Transfiguration, St. Peter writes, for when he received honor and glory from God the Father and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son, with him I'm well pleased, we ourselves heard this. We heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with Jesus on that holy mountain. So Peter was there. And so we have the prophetic word made sure because we have the apostolic testimony. We have Peter's word that the man he saw and heard and followed is truly the Messiah. He is the son of the living God. He is the Lord. And so we can trust Peter's word to be trustworthy. But even Peter slips up. I mean, what does the Bible say? From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. One moment Peter is making this magnificent confession about Christ, and the very next Peter is rebuking Jesus for speaking about his arrest and his suffering and his death. Peter wants nothing to do with that kind of a savior. He doesn't want to hear Jesus talk about his arrest and suffering and death. And so Peter takes Jesus aside and rebukes him. He rebukes Jesus. And as he rebukes Jesus, he is essentially, Peter is essentially denying the essential work of the Lord. We read in Mark 8, and Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And Jesus said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter. And he said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. From the same mouth of Peter comes two confessions. One confession is of God. And the other confession, it's a false and misleading confession. It is a confession of the devil. And when Jesus hears this devilish word coming from Peter's mouth, Jesus immediately exercises him. Get behind me, Satan. Our Lord does not beat around the bushes. A true confession has to do with the inseparable relationship of Jesus' identity with Jesus' mission. You cannot separate Jesus from being the Son of Mary, the Son of God, and the fact that he has come into this world to ultimately suffer and die on the cross for the sins of all 
That's the Savior. That's the Savior's mission. That's why he came into this world. And at first, Peter had it right. But after he strayed from that confession by letting his own views on things about the Messiah possess his faith, he needed to be rebuked by Christ. That false confession that Peter makes as he rebukes Jesus was truly Satan's attempt to lead the disciples away from the truth. And it was another effort by the devil at keeping Christ from the cross where he would atone for the sins of the whole world. The false confessions always lead people away from the truth. They always lead people away from the cross of Christ. In fact, they lead away from Jesus the Christ. Now, the Gospels make it clear that Peter is an emotional type of guy. He is prone to speak before thoughtful reflection. Peter often responds to Jesus' teachings and especially to Jesus' talk about death with a gut reaction, like we hear in our text. And when ruled by his emotions, Peter usually gets things wrong. Oh, he certainly loves Jesus. He said he was willing to die for Jesus. And he ultimately did die for Jesus. Crucified upside down on a cross, we're told, or as tradition teaches. And like Peter, most Christians love Jesus, or most people who call themselves love Jesus. Visit any church, and you'll see plenty of lovers of Jesus. Yet which Jesus do they love? Do they love Jesus as a teacher? Do they love Jesus as a buddy, a pal, a friend? Do they love Jesus as a romantic partner? Just listen to some of the songs that are sung in churches. They sound more like love ballads between a boyfriend and girlfriend than a person who's worshiping Jesus, the son of the living God. Are they in love with a Jesus who is a therapist? Do they love Jesus as a political strategist? Do they love Jesus because he's the wish granter? Or do they love Jesus because he's the example of how it is that we can love one another? Or do they love the Jesus? And do they follow the Jesus who calls them to repent of their sin? Do they love the Jesus and follow the Jesus who was arrested and who was beaten and who was crucified on a cross like a shameful criminal? And do they love and follow the Jesus who is the Lord? Do they love and follow the Jesus who promises, if you follow me, you will bear many, many, many crosses in my name? Which Jesus do you love and follow? Who do you say Jesus is? Your answer to Jesus' query will get you one of two responses from him. You'll either hear him say, 
Blessed are you. Blessed are you, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. Or you might actually receive a scolding from Jesus. Get behind me, Satan, for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Who do you say Jesus is? You know, we are often like St. Peter, aren't we? We speak well of Jesus, and at other times we will, by our own words and actions, resist and maybe even reject Jesus. But just as Jesus ultimately forgives Peter, so our Lord Jesus Christ forgives us too. It was for this very reason that Jesus, the Son of the living God, the Lord, suffered and died on the cross of Calvary. It was for this reason that our Lord instituted holy baptism, so that we might have our sins washed away and be assured that we are children in his family. It is for this reason that he instituted the Lord's Supper so that we might come and receive the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. It's for this reason that he gave us sacred scripture so that we might read God's love letter to us day after day, week after week, and be reminded that indeed in Christ, the Son of the living God, we are loved and forgiven by our Heavenly Father. Oh, that the Spirit of the Lord will ever mature our faith through his word and the sacraments, that we might ever confess, I believe that Jesus Christ, true Son of God, has become my Lord. Martin Luther asks in the large catechism, what does it mean for Jesus to be my Lord? And he responds by saying, it means that he has redeemed me from sin, from the devil, from death, and from all evil. Before this I had no Lord and King, but was captive under the power of the devil. I was condemned to death and entangled in sin and blindness, but no longer. Luther continues, when we were created by God the Father and had received from him all kinds of good things, the devil came and led us into disobedience, into sin and death and all evil. And we lay under God's wrath and displeasure, doomed to eternal damnation as we had deserved. There was no counsel, no help, no comfort for us until this only and eternal Son of God in his unfathomable goodness had mercy on our misery and wretchedness and came from heaven to help us. Those tyrants and jailers, that is our sin, the devil and death, they have now been routed and their place has been taken by Jesus Christ, the Lord of life and righteousness and every good blessing. He has snatched us, poor lost creatures, from the jaws of hell. He has won us free and restored us to the Father's favor and grace. He has taken us as his own under his protection in order that he may rule us by his righteousness, wisdom, power, life, and blessedness. as this is all ours, as we confess you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus Christ, you are my Lord.
Peter's confession is the rock upon which the church stands. Peter's confession is the confession we use by which we storm the gates of hell. Peter's confession, which is our own confession, is the foundation. It's the foundation upon which our present and eternal salvation rests. Friends in Christ, may this always be your confession. Jesus, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You are my Lord, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.